we're live. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Grant Hosford of CodeSpark Academy. Grant is the CEO and co-founder of CodeSpark, the venture-backed edtech company based behind CodeSpark Academy, which is the world's number one coding platform for young kids. Using a proprietary no-words interface, CodeSpark has introduced more than 30 million kids ages four to 10 to coding. CodeSpark was inspired by Grant's young daughters who wanted to know how computers work. Grant has helped build several successful digital businesses in Seattle and Los Angeles and comes from a family of educators. Grant is a code.org advisor and speaks regularly about how we can get more girls interested in STEM and computer science. Grant, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Paris. Happy to be here. Thank you very much. Can you just tell us a little bit about about who you are and what you do with CodeSpark? Yeah, um, well, you did a great job with the introduction. Uh, we introduce young kids to computer science and computational thinking. And um, though the thing that makes us different is we focus on letting kids create with code. So we have a platform that allows kids to design and code their own video games and their own interactive stories. And if you imagine a comic strip come to life, that's pretty close to what we let them make. Um, kids love to do it. They get really invested in making cooler and cooler things. And so they're self-motivated to learn the details of coding and computer science because of this desire to make fun stuff and share it with their peers. So, um, and because we have this no words interface, it means you don't have to be able to read and you don't have to be able to speak English. So we have users in every country in the world, which is super cool. Awesome. So can you tell me a little bit more about the inspiration behind starting CodeSpark? I think it has to do with your daughters, but what's the story there? Yeah, well, when my daughters were six and four, they asked me how computers work. And I thought that was a super cool question. So I went looking for an ABCs of computer science. I figured that must exist in the world, you know, especially since software runs everything, it seems, these days. And I couldn't find anything. And that really shocked me. And so my next thought was, well, maybe it's a dumb idea to try and teach young kids about computer science. Maybe people have done it and it, and it doesn't work, right? But I actually found really great research out of Tufts University and MIT in Boston that says if you get um, the keyboard, the mouse, and syntax, or how code is written, out of the way, kids can learn really sophisticated logic. So you just have to meet them where they are. And uh, tablets, of course, are perfect for kids, as we all know. Um, so we built a tablet-focused app, and we were off to the races. We started the company in 2014. I have a co-founder who has named Joe Shockett, who has extensive experience building big, scalable kids' apps for Disney and other you know top uh, kids brands and um, it's just been a steady climb right we got a lot of users right out of the gate and slowly but surely we became relatively big awesome so grant what jobs in our kids future might require coding skills that we can't even imagine today well, look, uh, one thing I always try to make clear is that we don't expect all kids who use CodeSpark to be coders, just like you wouldn't expect all kids who learn how to write to be poets, right? Um, right. What we do want to, uh, you know, spark in kids is the idea that computers and tablets and smartphones are tools for problem solving. 
And we want to give them the skills to sit down with a programmer and think about, hey, is this a problem that's best solved by software? Right. That's really the goal, because software is an amazing tool for solving lots of different problems. And we want them to be able to think about it critically. Um, and look, we used to talk about uh, tech companies as a category. And that's really not a thing anymore. All companies are tech companies. You know, John Deere tractors are self-driving machines now that are run by AI software. Um, things that we used to think of as being very industrial and um, kind of immune to automation are now being fully automated. So I think the more kids understand how software can be used, uh, not only for for solving problems, but for creating cool experiences, right? The better off they'll be. Great. So Grant, in your wildest dreams, how many kids in the world could CodeSpark potentially touch when you get well, this thing to its ultimate vision? Yeah, I mean, look, we have big dreams. So we want to, we want every kid in the world to be able to use CodeSpark, right? We, we believe that ultimately we can be the Lego of digital creation. Um, you know, we've given kids tools that they've never had access to before, and we're allowing them to create games and worlds and stories that are the kinds of things that kids have always wanted to create. It's just that now they can do it in this really fun digital environment with characters and uh, scenes that they think of, right? So mm -hmm. we're not really, in, in a lot of ways, we're not doing anything new. It's just that the tool set is new. Um, and kids love it because their imaginations can run wild. Great. So I really understand the benefits of a product with no uh, no words, as they say, um, because of the reach, the global reach. But I imagine that also would present some problems. Can you tell me about both the benefits of a no words product, but also the challenges there? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's like 80% benefit. So it, it makes the product highly accessible, not just for kids who don't speak English or don't read yet, but for kids who have any reading related challenge, right? So ADHD, dyslexia, um, autism, anything that affects a kid's desire or ability to read is eliminated as a barrier. So um, the benefits are huge. The other thing is we're all visual learners. Um, there's no such thing as like not being a visual learner. You know, it, you're, we're all visual learners and we all learn more through pictures than we do through words. And so we're really just tapping into that. And, you know, that's why kids immediately understand our visual based coding system, because the commands that we have are animated pictures that they understand. Now, so the one drawback is that uh, we have to work a little harder to make sure kids understand what the actual names of the concepts they're working with are, right? And so we use voiceover for that. And that's really effective. Um, what we found was before we added voiceover, kids would make up their own names for things. So for example, in computer science, there's something called a loop, which is a way to take a chunk of code and repeat it a set number of times. And, you know, they would call it the repeater or the do-over or the, you know, they would have all these crazy names for it. So we added voiceover to tell them, hey, this is the loop. This is how you use the loop command. And we would kind of drill that in from a, a voiceover perspective. And that's worked really well. Great. So CodeSpark has touched something around 30 million plus kids all over the world. And yeah. a lot of that is through schools. 
And it sounds like getting into the classroom was a major strategic boost for you all. Can you tell me more about how you got into the classroom so quickly and effectively? Well, for one thing, we give it to public schools for free. So that helps, All right? right? Uh, and we do have meaningful support for the teachers who use it, including even uh, eight hours of online professional development that's highly rated. Um, we worked with you know good schools right away. Uh, we got a big lift from a nonprofit partner called Code.org that is U.S. based, uh, but is working globally to you know push the kids coding movement forward. They definitely helped us reach into more schools than initially than we would have reached on our own. I think the biggest thing we benefit from is word of mouth, though. Uh, you know, we approached coding with the understanding that most teachers have never, you know, especially for K through five, which is the, you know, grades that we work with. Um, most teachers have never thought about coding in their life. And in fact, they're probably a little bit intimidated by it because of how it's presented in the media. But um, we know that. And so we made the platform super easy to use and super friendly for both kids and teachers. And when teachers discover that, they want to tell their peers about it. And so we get, you know, five, 600 new teachers signing up every week, week in and week out with no marketing, no, you know, other efforts. It's just teachers telling teachers. Awesome. Let's pivot over to the marketing a little bit more. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about what has worked most in, in your growth marketing strategy with Coach Club? Yeah, well, the school channel is really important for us. So while it's on mission for us to work with schools for free, and um, it's very important that we reach as many kids as possible through schools, some of those kids do become paid customers at home, uh, which is great. You know, and so the kids who, um, you know, want to can, and we have very reasonable price points. So a lot of kids convert to home users. The other channels that have worked for us are some of the traditional uh, social media advertising channels, you know, uh, Google search, Bing search, um, Google universal ad campaigns, et cetera. Uh, and, you know, typically the creative that works for us is uh, showing kids having an aha moment when they, you know, solve a difficult puzzle or they create something that they're proud of. That's the kind of thing that really drives home that not only do kids uh, get some benefit out of learning to code, but they really, really enjoy it. Awesome. Um, and when kids reach a certain age, I imagine at 10 or 11, um, they naturally would move on from the platform. Does that present a challenge for you to replace those those kids who, yeah. who essentially become too old and, and yeah. age out of the platform? No question. From a business perspective, it's probably our biggest challenge. You know, we're not Netflix, right? You don't sign up for CodeSpark Academy for 10 years. That's not really how it works. Um, we're doing super well when we keep people for a year, year, year and a half, two years. Uh, our approach to that going forward is we're building out uh, multiple products. So we have plans for a preschool product um, that we're going to work on in the first half of 2021 and an upper elementary school product that we're going to work on in the back half of the year. So, you know, that's how we approach um, keeping, you know, our families around longer is by giving them more choices for um, staying with us and for continuing to learn. Great. So this year uh, obviously has, has been a, an upheaval in classrooms all over the world, especially in the U.S., and it continues, of course. Yeah. How has that affected your business? So we're in this strange place where it's really benefited us. And 
we've actually been quite aggressive about allowing our teachers to use CodeSpark Academy for free with kids who are stuck at home through virtual learning. And even doing that, our business has doubled. Uh, we've doubled in revenue and we've doubled in staff. And so um, it's been a challenge actually to keep up with demand, you know, which is obviously there's businesses being helped by COVID and there's businesses being hurt by it. We're just fortunate that we're on the side of uh, being a business that's being helped. But I think also it speaks to the fact that we've created a platform that works equally well, whether you're using it at home or in the classroom. So we were prepared for this moment and, you know, being a cloud-based modern uh, device oriented platform has really helped us, right? Teachers can easily get up and running on it. Parents know that if they sign up, their kid can use it completely in a self-directed way so they don't have to spend a lot of time looking over their shoulder. Um, so, you know, it, it's kind of fortune favors the prepared, right? And uh, mm -hmm. this is kind of our moment, I guess. Yeah. And to date, are you entirely self-funded with CodeSpark or do you have any investors in the business? Yeah, no, we have investors. We have some early stage funds and um, some, you know, angels and super angels. And uh, it's relatively public. We've raised about five and a half million dollars. Uh, you know, most of that early in the company's life cycle. We have been profitable since um, June of 2019, which is great. So that was a big milestone for us. And uh, we continue to be profitable now. And so, you know, we've managed to grow at the rate that we have while, you know, maintaining profitability, which is a huge trick for a company our size and at our stage. Yeah, excellent. Grant, what do you see as any particular competitive threats to the business today? Um, you know, it's always hard to know. This is a brand new market. It's always hard to know how it's going to evolve and, um, you know, who the winners are going to be. We're certainly out front right now. Um, I think I like our positioning around helping kids create um, quite a bit. I think it's a very strong place to be. I think it just, like I mentioned before, it's we're enabling things that kids want to do anyway. Um, the other thing I like about our positioning is that we are helping teachers integrate coding with other subjects. So for example, with StoryCoder, you could do a book report or you could do a history report or a social studies report. So we've actually built curriculum around combining coding with these other subjects. And that's been super well received by our teachers. Um, so look, I think, you know, as in any market, you have to keep innovating. You have to keep uh, listening to your customers, and and we're pretty good at that. So as long as we keep doing that, I feel like we'll continue to grow and thrive because there's no question that coding for kids is only going to become more important in the future. Mm -hmm. Great. So Grant, looking at your bio, you've got a very interesting career prior to getting into the SaaS world. And I'm really interested to know, uh, I saw eHarmony and others and some digital agencies there. I'm interested to know what you picked up from those experiences and your prior digital marketing life that you were able to bring into your CodeSpark experience. Yeah, my experience is uh, eclectic, I would say. You know, I'm a recovering investment banker. Early in my career, I, start, I was actually an auditor. Then I went to grad school. Then I was an uh, investment banker doing mergers and acquisitions in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And then in uh, 1999, I moved back to Seattle from Brazil. And I decided that I really wanted to take you know, my 
um, comfort with data and with numbers and use that in a different way. And so I started applying it towards data-driven marketing and data-driven product design. And it turned out that that's the way the world was going. Like, I didn't really know that at the time. That's just what I wanted to do, but it, it turned out to, to work. Um, you know, uh, working for an agency was super interesting because you have to think really carefully about helping other people solve their problems. And you start to see patterns in you know, how companies hold themselves back and then what the best companies do to be successful. Uh, working for eHarmony was interesting because I got to understand a lot about human psychology. Um, you know, and people are similar to companies. They Some people hold themselves back and some people put themselves out there in a way that's destined to succeed. So um, at each step, you know, what's been reinforced for me is the importance of really digging in with your you know potential customer understanding what they truly need uh, continuing to always listen to them and then testing if i had one word for entrepreneurs it's test you know uh, don't make assumptions about how things are going to work because you're almost always at least a little wrong and sometimes you're really really wrong about what how you think things are going to go and so that's helped me at every point in my career when i when i take the time to test a new product feature or a new service carefully generally you know we're successful or we catch something that would have been a failure really early right either way you're better off um so that's probably the biggest lesson learned along the way yeah i couldn't agree with you more on the testing do you have any particular challenges with uh the fact that your paying customer is is a parent but your user is a child and these are two different people yeah, it's it's super tricky actually. When your your payer and your player are two different people, um, some of the things that apps do to draw people in just don't work, right? Um, and <clears throat> we have to be careful. There's not a huge correlation between kids really liking the app and parents staying um, subscribed to that. So one of the things we have to balance is making sure we're paying enough attention to that parent payer and that they're getting what they need, right? Whether it's understanding the child's progress, understanding our methodology, um, seeing evidence of the kids learning through what they make, all of those things are important and making those connections can actually be pretty challenging. It's something we're constantly working on. Great. On the, a little more on the personal side, Grant, are there any, is there anything that you either read, listen to, or practice on a daily basis to improve yourself as a CEO? Oh boy. Well, I'm a big believer in, you know, continual learning and self-improvement. Um, I would say the thing I'm good at is exercise. Um, I work out, you know, four or five times a week. I ride my bike. I, I do some weights and things, and that definitely helps keep me just sharp and energized. I would say that I'm trying to become good at meditation. Uh, I have not succeeded yet, but I believe in it. Um, That's a worthy challenge. Yeah. And then I, I'm just, I read as much as I can, you know, so right now I'm reading a book called Atomic Habits that I think is really interesting that um, talks about the idea of improving yourself, you know, 1% a week, right? And if you could do that for an entire year, <clears throat> the change would be super meaningful. And, and how can you apply that to your, your company or your business or your service or whatever it is? And I really like it. And it's subtle and, you know, some of it is fluffy, 
uh, right? But the general concept of trying to identify ways to continually make small improvements is really appealing to me. Um, mm-hmm. That's generally my life philosophy. So, yeah. So anyway, so that's what I am constantly doing and some of it works and some of it doesn't, but I usually take away a few valuable things. Great. How many miles per week do you ride on a good week on the bike? Yeah. 50 to 75 is typical, but wow. sometimes I'm over a hundred miles. Excellent. Yeah. And you mentioned Atomic Habits. Was that the name of the book that you're Atomic reading? Atomic Habits. Yeah. Who's who's the author? I'm not sure, to be honest. I did, a friend okay. just gave it to me, so I don't even remember. I'm going to go and look, look that James up. James Clear, I think, maybe is the okay. name. Yeah. Great. Great. Well, Grant, this has been really awesome. Uh, I've really enjoyed this this chat. I think we can start to wrap up. But is there anything else that I haven't asked you that you would like to share with the audience? I think the only other thing is just we're super proud of the fact that um, 53% of our users worldwide are girls. And so we believe we're having a meaningful impact on uh, building a pipeline of girls who are interested in STEM. Now, to be clear, boys love our app, right? Mm -hmm. But we also don't have a problem getting boys to try coding. Uh, We do have a problem getting girls to try coding. And so the fact that we've been successful there is really meaningful to me. And it's um, probably the single thing that I'm most proud of, where I feel like we're having real impact, not just in the U.S., but outside of the U.S. as well. That's great. And I can also attest having seen my own daughter, Raya, using CodeSpark and really loving it. I think this is this is phenomenal to see, to see real girls really breaking the mold and, and creating and engaging with the app. Well, thank so you. Grant, That's exciting. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, tell people where they can find you online and CodeSpark. Yeah. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter at CodeSpark CEO. Um, you can find the company at codespark.com, right? C-O-D-E-S-P-A-R-K.com. And, uh, that's the easiest way to learn about us. We're also in every app store. So we're on Google play and iOS and Amazon. Um, but yeah, and you can use codespark Academy on pretty much any device. So there's lots of ways to find us, but codespark.com is the easiest. And I hope some of you check it out. Yeah. Everyone with, Anybody with small kids, please go and check out CodeSpark. I, I was really amazed when I opened this up at, at the simplicity and the power of this. And I really believe uh, there are jobs out there that we can't even imagine yet. So I think uh, getting our kids with the right tools today is, is only going to help them prepare for that, for that future. Grant, thanks very much for being with me today. I really appreciated it. And uh, have a great day ahead. Thanks so much. All right. Talk to you. See you long. All right. Bye, Paris.